Hey everyone, welcome back to The Reluctant Cruise, a One Piece rewatch podcast. I'm one of your hosts, my name is Brian, and with me is Steve. You come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding and tell me you like Noki. You son of a bitch, I like you. You can't do that yet. We haven't gotten to the Godfather arc of One Piece. Ah, damn it. Oh, God. And also with us is Slash. Uh, I'm really mad because in all the One Piece fighting video games that I've played or any video game that's like One Piece battle, I don't think any of the giants are playable. So One Piece video games kind of suck. That's not true. We'll talk about One Piece video games someday because there are actually some very good ones, but One Piece video games also all suck because I don't think any of them feature the ability to blast any of the giants. I'm going to move that on the table as I fact check that on my phone. Well... Not much has happened since we last recorded, because that was like 20 minutes ago. I don't know, man. Steve, how's your day been? My day has been, I don't know, kind of slow, honestly. I went up to the store, and I got some good food, like, uh, what is it? Some pasta in a bag. That shit was like really grainy, but it was it was food. Sorry, doesn't all pasta come in a bag? This shit came with like the powder and all that. Sometimes it comes in a box. Yeah, sometimes it does come in a box, but it was like I don't know what it was called. Nor pasta. You know what helped that grainy texture, yeah, Steve? Grainy texture. If you boiled the pasta? Well, when you boil the pasta, you have to put it in a bowl and then cook it in the microwave and all that. So, boy, I bought you fucking pots and pans. Shut the fuck and up. And I'm broke. I had top ramen and bag pasta, which costs a dollar a piece. All you need to cook pasta is water. The water will purify itself water. while it's being boiled. Man, you know how expensive pasta is. I bought bro. you everything else you need. Oh, you're saying the pasta is expensive part. I yeah, you bro. You had the pasta and you wanted to cook oh, it. Oh, no. No, I had like cheap ass pasta, like shit you buy in a bag and like almost like pastaroni kind of bullshit. Not that pastaroni's bad. I like pastaroni, but. But at least you're being responsible in this yeah. pandemic that we're still in. Also, yeah, Yay. this fucking sucks. Yeah, I, look, I just looked up, I think I'm on Broggy's uh, wiki page. He's saying of his video game appearances, he's only playable in, like, Bad Mario Party clone and some other mobile game. Anyway. So, how about that episode 73, huh? How about that? I should look up the title so I can say it later. I had it right for okay. Anyway, so I'll I'll take the reins here. Big betrayals happened last time, but the battle was heating up again. So Broggy's bitter tears of victory, the conclusion of Elbath, is what this translates to. Episode seventy three. In a really great move, the action just straight picks up. Things continue right away. No nonsense. Um, we see the giants. They're both getting up to square up again because the volcano has gone off. So they are returning back to the gravel pit to square off. Oh, I wrote down the wrong name here. I put Broggy is struggling to get up. It's like Dory is struggling to get up. Either way, uh, Broggy gets in, but Dory uh, is taking a minute to get up and find his footing because of the giant hole that is probably inside of his stomach at the moment. But as he gets up and finds his footing, he's like, 
you guys don't understand. Fuck this. He picks up this giant, like, skull slash rock formation. I don't know if it's, like, a giant dino skull or if it's just, like, a big rock. Either way. He just, like, casually drops it on Luffy. Not in, like, a painful way, but because he knows that Luffy's a rubber boy. He can take whatever pain is there. But also now Luffy's just kind of, like, trapped under this big-ass rock formation. And uh, he's just, like, waist up, like, stuck under a rock. And he's like, well, now I can't move. Partially because he's not done interrogating Luffy, but also because he knows that Luffy is trying to give some reason here. And regardless, Dory's not going to back down from the fight because that's just how the Giants be. But he starts monologuing and going off on some reason, regardless of like, you know, explaining his passion for the battle. But he uh, most notably says that this battle was already over when it started 100 years ago. They're just playing their part. And whatever the result is, they'll accept it when the time comes. So they're just moving forward towards that answer. It's like, damn. Giants still gotta say cool shit, right? So either way, though his fighting spirit is obviously very clear, Dory just wants to move forward and go to the battle regardless of his pains. Luffy's like, no, you idiots. Like, I know someone interfered with this fight. We didn't do it. I'm sure I know my crew didn't do it. Uh, this isn't even going to be a real duel. Like, you're not fighting on even terms. But then Dory's just like, you don't understand. Just shut up. So he starts to walk away, and he's just frustrated because, regardless, though he understands the giant's warrior spirit, he still is frustrated because he knows that someone's causing some bullshit on the island, whether it's Baroque Works or someone else. And this giant's just going off to give his life when... It's really not fair. Tough spot to be in. Anyways, we see on the other side that Usopp is cheering on Brogy as if he's like his master. He's like, yeah, go out there, kick ass. And Brogy's fine. He's just ready to go at it. And he actually looks very energetic and revived and revitalized. And it's pretty safe to say that Dory probably would have been the same way had he not had a uh, explosive drink go right through his stomach. So that's unfortunate. Froggy is walking away. Nami suggests again to Usopp. He's like, do you want to go back to the ship now while they're fighting? You know, and then Usopp is like, you know what? We could, but I'm absolutely useless against fighting dinosaurs. So we should stay right here. And Nami obviously grills him. He's like, weren't you just saying you wanted to be a great warrior of the sea? Where did that go? And he's like, I'm only talking mentally. I'm not a great physical warrior. And then she just kind of gives him a little bit of a punch as he falls over and just like drags him away with her in a very slapstick one piece moment as is per usual yeah so much for his warrior pride starting up but regardless they wander off into the forest as the giants are meeting up for round two as we see it even though it's actually like round what like seven whatever i wrote down i already erased my notes on my giant note sheet that i wrote down digitally from last time either way there are a lot of battles this is the second one we're seeing the giants are ready to go at it again and despite all the pain Dory was just in, he's trying to show face and he doesn't even seem like he's face. He just sees a little more sweaty than he was before, but he's still out there trying to put up a good fight. And he even tells uh, Broggy that it's like, yeah, the booze is pretty good. It tasted godly. And I think that's in italics, which I wrote that as a note. It was like, that's almost his mild way of implying probably that's like he's saying it to Broggy in a way that, it's like, yep, like this this booze was something special. Like it was really like regardless of the fact that it exploded, 
that was something that you know he obviously is like a believer in fate for this scenario so that's something that i think Rogi ends up realizing later but that's what Dory means by that he's like regardless he's accepted his fate and he's ready to square up for potentially what might be the last time so as they start to fight and they go at it again you know big clashes big energy um Rogi definitely realizes that there's something wrong you can kind of see it on his face you can see it as he backs down and pushes Dory away a bit easier but regardless of such they keep going at it you know no holds barred same as before you know, back on Luffy's side of things, Luffy's still frustrated and trying to get up under the rock, which he can't yet. But Vivi, who's trying to get him to calm down and think about how to assess the situation, also notices that Karu has been missing for a second. Uh, the old old duck friend was there, you know, as they were laughing before. But when Dory got up to fight Luffy, then Karu scattered away. Pan over to Karu running through the forest, and unfortunately, our Choco Duck gets caught by Mr. Five and Miss Valentine. But then we also cut over to Zoro, who looks like he has actually found Nami. But Nami looks really strange, and she's leaning against a tree. And starts to play this weird music, and we hear like a weird scream, and we cut away to actually Nami, who is running away through the jungle with Usopp. They have just managed to luckily find dinosaurs. They're just giant dinosaur magnets. And uh, they're they're going to the forest, just running and running, running through the jungle forest. And then all of a sudden, Usopp just turns on his super speed. <sighs> Nami's like, wait, how are you running so fast? What the fuck, Usopp? Because, uh, of course, uh, Usopp's coward powers kick in. But for a second, Usopp has been full speed and totally just staring forward. But then he hears Nami scream in the background now. And he looks back. He's like, wait, what? Where's Nami? He goes, Nami when he pans back, had been distracted similarly to how Zora was, but she thought she saw Luffy on the side of a tree leading there. She's like, oh, thank heavens, here you are, Luffy, what are we going to do? But that same thing happened to Zoro. Something weird happened with the statue of Nami, same as the statue of Luffy is going to do something weird to Nami. And Usopp is kind of figuring out that something's wrong. He's like, uh-oh. Because Usopp, when he freaks out, he freaks out extra hard. He just starts running all over the place. He's like, oh no, things are going bad. Where'd everyone go? But then he manages to luckily run out of the forest and a crazy person crashes into a wall, but the wall happens to be close enough to where Luffy and Vivi are. So they, they all weren't too far apart. So it's not super unplausible that he might've run into them. He goes up to Luffy first. He's like, oh, hi. And then you know, he explains everything that's going on. And they're both just like, Luffy's explaining what's going on. And they, you know, they're kind of not even having a shouting match, but they're, Anxieties are obviously getting to them. And then Vivi's like, hey, hey, calm down, you idiots. Like, let's let's figure this out and deduce what's going on. And as they share details about what happened and how the booze exploded and everything else, it's obviously very clear that there's someone else on the island. And Vivi's like, no, yeah, this has got to be Borokor. Someone must have followed us here. And also the reason why Usopp got out of the jungle safe, besides just being a crazy fast rider, is that they must have not had Usopp's picture, because I forget if I mentioned or if we mentioned in the last episode, in the little hideout fortress of Mr. Three, they had some drawings and mock-ups of Vivi, but also Nami, Zoro, and Luffy, versus Sanji and Usopp, they did not have. So right now, 
to put a pin in it, but like Sanji just hasn't been very present since his hunting hunting in the forest, but we'll get to him soon enough. Still, though, Usopp is most likely safe because he was able to get away fast enough, but also because they didn't have a drawing of him. And that was because when, well, in Whiskey Peak, that was when they were in the bar, Usopp and Sanji were passed out. So that at least lines up logically. But either way, they're trying to figure out what to do there. And then in the fight with Dory and Broggy, comes to a bit of a climax where like Dory's obviously having it tough, but he's trying to get in there and, you know, make some kind of a stand. But Mr. Three is lurking in the background finally, and he uses his gross powers to make a bunch of candle wax appear on the ground in a viscous form. And that goes under Dory's feet. And as Broggy's going in with the final cut, instead of it, you know, being deflected off Dory's sword, it actually cuts into Dory and, you get a bit of a time slow, you know, everything slows down. It's like, damn, like these giants, this fight finally ended and they're both kind of accepting what's going on. But at the same time, it's it's also a very bittersweet moment because as we as the audience know that, yeah, damn, no, this guy got his, his victory was uh, taken from him. It's not really a fair fight. So we'll see if we get some redemption from that. But Luffy, obviously very frustrated at the outcome. It's just like, it's not right. This isn't fair. Like, they deserve their fair fight that they've been having for all these years just because these crazy people came in and are trying to mess with them. That being said, as Luffy is freaking out, we pan back to the Giants again. And Mr. Three reveals himself in the background to Broggy. It is, you know, no pun intended, waxing, poetic, and just had going off on a whole monologue about like, oh, like, like, Ooh. The big gimmick Mr. Three likes, or I guess like his personality gimmick is that he likes to really say like, oh, at least people should fight with their intelligence, not their strength. Or it's like, oh, like intelligent like warriors are always the one who wins because he's just talking about like, he's smart. He's a big brain thinker and uses his gross candle wax powers to do that. But um, regardless, he does manage to trap Broggy with his candle wax. So when he hardens it, that's what, makes him so strong is because it's like he can just imprison you it's really annoying so he traps broggy by the feet he also introduces his little partner miss golden week we kind of talked about the weird holidays and the naming last time as well yeah broggy's in a bit of a bind and without uh, dory there to possibly help him dory's been knocked out yeah this thing things aren't going so hot for the giants right now and then as that's going on. We pan back over to Luffy and Vivi and Usopp as they're trying to figure out what to do next. But then Mr. Five and Miss Valentine reveal themselves and they walk out of the forest with Karu and throw Karu on the ground next to Vivi and he's just passed out. He got beat up because Karu is, uh, despite being an absolute goober, is also a very loyal pet in that they tried to make Karu squawk and like draw attention to him in the forest or at least like lead have him lead them over to where Luffy and the rest were, but he just would not give up the info. He actually tried to be pretty loyal. So hats off to Karu for being a real one. But at the same time, now that he's beat up, everyone there is just like, well, what the fuck? So Vivi and Usopp try and go at it with Miss Valentine and, and Mr. Five, but they're unsuccessful and they get beat. And Mr. Five then reveals like yes like this is all the work of mr three right now he's the mastermind behind all of this and him and his crazy candle powers so yeah that's, that's mr five's gimmick is i don't know if, what the name of the fruit is if he'll say it later but he's a double fruit user and then he can manipulate candle wax and that's why his goofy dumb little 
number three on the top of his hair is always burning like a candle because he's just that kind of a weird character. And things don't look good for everyone, and that's obviously why we would stop on a big to be continued. So, what y'all thinking? Good stuff. Pretty entertaining. A lot more action between the Baroque works. I think I like that a lot more. I like seeing the Baroque Baroque work members in action. It just makes it... It drives the plot a little more, and it really helps focus what's on the big goal of this entire arc of the Baroque works. I mean, the whole arc, or not necessarily the arc, the main antagonists are the Baroque works, and so having them involved really pushes the story along, pushes the characters to come up with new things, just be the characters themselves. So I think that's a, a huge thing. I had mentioned on the last recording that we did that I had seen part of this fight with our friend Stefan, who maybe one day will get on this show. So with that being said, I have never actually seen the end of the fight until now. I'd only seen like that last episode that we had covered where they're trying to get in the middle of the fight. But I never saw the one where you actually see Dory lose. And that's just sad any way that you cut it, really, for both of them. Obviously for dying Dory, but also for left behind Bragi. So the dumb Chocobo is very loyal, at least. He's very, whatever term you can use for a, whatever a himbo version of a duck is, which might just be a himbo, that is kadu. The fruit, the English translation is wax wax fruit. The Japanese, I'm probably butchering the pronunciation, is doru doru no mi. Steve kind of nails it. Honestly, it's showing the various one, how multifaceted the characters of Baroque works are, even from each other. Five and Valentine are very straightforward. Three is definitely, we'll plan everything and we'll see how they dance to our strings. But overall, it shows how, how far all of these characters will go in kind of fucked up ways to succeed in their goals. I mean, obviously they're villains, but sometimes they'll have people like, oh, we have a tragic backstory. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Because I can't remember what the fuck happens with most of these Baroque Works members. <laughs> but they're all kind of just fucking assholes for the most part. Except maybe the people we met in Whiskey Peak. Why don't you take it away, Steve? Here we are, episode 74, The Devilish Candle, Tears of Regret and Tears of Anger. Little Garden, that's where we're at. Mr. Three trapped Brogy almost completely with his own powers. At this point, Brogy is pinned underneath Mr. Three's wax candle. Or just wax, candle wax, that's what it is. And Bragi really can't move. Mr. Five and Miss Valentine taunt the Straw Hats in a different scene. Kind of being like, ha 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 ha, you're never going to 
win against us anyways. We're members of the Baroque Works. You couldn't handle us, even on our best day. <laughs> and Luffy kind of this the, the non-giving up kind of challenging, I would guess I would also say somewhat asshole that he is. Oxalugi right on Mr. Five's shoes. And Mr. Five doesn't really like that. So this man just starts kicking the shit out of Luffy. Ba, 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 ba. Kick after kick. And what happens is these huge explosions. Boom, 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 boom. All over the place. Anyways, then we pan back to Mr. Three. And Mr. Three reveals that his wax becomes hard as iron once it cools. Nobody can break through it. And he's able to capture giants for bounties with the use of his humongous, oh my god, it's so huge, brain. It's so fucking big. And we also pan back again. And we see Vivi and Luffy. And Luffy's down and out for the count, man. He is out. And Vivi starts realizing that Mr. Three is on the island solely to collect the bounties of the giants. Which is why Mr. Three planted the bomb and bombed Dory's insides. Dun dun. We found the culprit, y'all. It was Mr. Three with the bomb on a little garden. Mr. Three then uses his powers to trap Vivi in candle wax before creating this magnificent and giant thing. This shit looks like a birthday can, birthday cake. It's got candles on top, and it's got like a weird kind of jack lantern looking face it's really really bizarre zoro and nami are also there because they were also captured by baroque works and so they're there and they're stuck into this birthday cake looking thing these weird ass candles on top and zoro kind of just snidely says so i guess this is what it feels like to be a candle stuck in a birthday cake like yeah man oh shit the quote-unquote candle service starts to drip wax onto the pirates. And what it really does is it's a spinning little contraption and it has these burning candles on top. I don't know, I think there's like six or seven of them or whatever, something like that. This thing continues to turn, 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 and it kind of flings off small pieces of wax and it kind of drips down onto the straw hat pirates and Vivi. And slowly but surely, it turns them into life-size statues for Mr. Three's personal art collection. In the meanwhile, Mr. Three is gloating over his role in Dory's defeat. Enraged that Brogy broke out of the wax. Because in this moment, Brogy broke out of the wax. He's breaking through things. There's a rage in his heart. Next thing you know, Mr. Five throws a big old bomb at his chest. 
And it's just, it's lights for Rogi. As it just falls back down, completely out. And here we see Mr. Three cast more wax onto Rogi, hoping to keep him down and keep him pinned down. And all of a sudden, you see Mr. Three throw out these four little blobs of wax, and you see them take shape into what look like stakes. Here they come, driving straight down into Bragi's hands and feet, much like he's being crucified to the earth as he's impaled these wax spikes. And at this point, Bragi's in so much pain, and the Straw Hats and Vivi are wondering, how are we going to get out? Oh no, what's going to happen? Nami starts to mention that the wax is starting to get in their lungs. That soon they'll be turned into statues from the inside out. And Zoro kind of starts talking with Brogy. Brogy, he's like, you haven't given up, have you? You can't give up. What kind of warrior are you if you just give up right here, right now? And Brogy starts getting real, not teary-eyed, but like really giddy. He's like, ah, I see what you're doing. Zoro talks about how it'd be better to die fighting than keel over, basically. So Zoro's like, well, I'm going to keep fighting. And Brogy's like, yeah, I'm going to keep fighting too. And Vivi joins in as well. And, well, wouldn't you know it, Zoro's plan is pretty much to chop his legs off. And Nami's like, what the hell are you thinking? You can't chop your legs off. You're going to be worse place anyways. And Zoro's like, well, I got to do what I got to do. And I'm going to fight no matter what. So he's about ready to stab his foot, his feet, or chop him off or some shit. And he goes in for a big old chop. He raises his swords and he plunges them down. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here comes Luffy and Usopp. And the others just rush into the scene. Foosh! Here they are, here to save the day. And Luffy making his weird kind of remark is like, Yeah, he has weird hair. Luffy and Usopp decide to bust the giant wax pillar to free their friends. Will Luffy and Usopp be able to do it? Will they be able to save their friends? Will they be able to stop the rope works? And then he gets slapped with a big old to-be-continued. But there's other things cool. Like we got a nice new outro. So it's it's groovy. It's all, all in all good episode. What y'all thinking? Yeah, lots, lots more action going forward. I don't, I don't get the giant candle statue. I remember that that was a thing. But I forgot that it had the big dumb pumpkin face. I don't, I don't know what. I get that he's supposed to be like my art, mm-hmm. but this man's a little weird. The broke works members only get weirder as we go up the chain, but uh, oh, yeah, no, fun stuff is also kind of cool to see. Just like Zoro be a big idiot, like that's definitely himbo shit. But at the same time, I like that that at least is enough to kind of like intimidate the broke sort of people because they're like, oh man, these guys are cracked. Like, 
Like, what's what's wrong with these these people? Like, this guy's literally gonna cut his legs off just so he can fight us and like more or attempt to. Timing no jutsu works out for all. So that movie just came barreling in at the perfect minute. It's uh, yeah, not much else to say. It's just fun. Lots more action as we push forward. Interesting to see this this situation develop. Yeah, definitely. So does he not start to cut his leg? Because I could have sworn that. Later in the oh. episode that I'm covering, he talks about how he can't do much with the blood loss. He is bleeding a little because he started to hit it, but then he stopped. It's like a half. Yeah, I definitely think he cut his, I gotcha. his legs. He might have like just like tapped it, but then like stopped it almost. That's kind of what I got from it. But who's to say? But yeah, so. It's just a really weird episode, man. I I don't have much else to say. A lot more action happens, so it's definitely a more visual episode, but it's all really weird. Along with that giant jack-o'-lantern candle wax fucking thing that I don't understand. But yeah, no, um... I like that the warrior spirit in Zoro matches the warrior spirit in Bragi the Giant. It's definitely a very good thing that Luffy showed up when he did, because otherwise we'd have a dead swordsman. Well, I mean, I guess they'd all theoretically die, but an even faster death for Zoro, because he's fucking stupid, quite frankly. I would say a good episode, though, even if weird. And that outro has a bunch of characters, specifically villains, that the crew has faced, including one that you haven't really seen before, at least not in full, and who knows who that is. It's this dude with... Stitches and scars across the face. Yeah, I almost forgot about this outro. It's not bad. I think more of the intros stick in my mind, but it's like, oh yeah, it changes again. Yeah, the intros are definitely probably one of my more favorite parts of the just the scenes in One Piece, much more so than the outros. But I don't know. I'm not going to spoil anything about the outros and and the sequence of that shit. So. We'll save that for another time. So if you guys don't have anything else to say about that, I guess I'll take over for episode 75. That is entitled A Hex on Luffy, Colors Trap. With the episode coming back in, we see Zoro and Nami arguing about the validity of his plan to cut his leg off so that he can fight. And Vivi sees this realizing, hey, these two are just, like, arguing like it's nothing. What the fuck happened ever since Luffy shut up? And it kind of shows the faith that they have in their captain. Like, okay, now that Luffy's here, at least we're not in as immediate danger. Like, death is still moving towards us, but it's not as bad, not as hopeless. The swordsman reveals to Bragi that he can't actually fight like he planned. He mentioned something about blood loss. I'm going to assume he at least gets some sort of, like, cut. Maybe not immensely life-threatening, 
but he lost more blood than he thought he would, and combined with the wax, he just can't fight. Then you cut to Miss Goldenweek, who is enjoying tea and cookies, while the straw hats fight amongst themselves. And Three is watching all of this, and notices, like Vivi did, that the fear is gone. He tells Five and Valentine to deal with Usopp, while he fights Lupi, because clearly, after a run-in with them before, they can't do anything. So, it's a job out of their caliber. Usopp and Karu retreat to the trees, and Luffy gets his leg stuck in a wax trap. And Three is confident. He's like, oh, this is going great. And Usopp's like, oh no. Luffy's like, okay, cool, awesome. Because even with his leg stuck, Luffy is able to maneuver around because of his powers. So he stretches out his arms. Eventually, he uses Bragi's helmet as a point to spin around. He's moving in a circular fashion, I'll say, and he uses what he calls a gum-gum mallet to destroy the top of the pillar because he has that hard-as-iron wax stuck to his feet. So he hits the wax pillar and they just crush each other. Unfortunately, by destroying the pillar breaking part of it, rather. Luffy has accelerated the petrification process for his friends. So, Vivi doesn't want to leave their fate in the hands of Luffy, but Zoro says, I mean, it's not like we have any other choice. With this commotion of Luffy destroying the pillar, Usopp thinks that he sees an opening to attack, so he launches one of his exploding stars but Five just jumps in and eats it. And Usopp is like, oh my god, what the fuck is happening? Because he was asleep while everyone was fighting back in Whiskey Peak. So Luffy continues to press his attack on the pillar, which Three keeps blocking with wax walls until Luffy manages to bust through one. And that sends Three sprawling to everyone's shock because the wax is supposed to be as hard as iron, right? Like, no one else has been able to do anything against it. The giant, kind of, but even he was brought down by all of the wax. So everyone is, like, shocked, flabbergasted. When the dust clears, Nami asks Luffy to free them, which he refuses. And he has this strange look in his eye. And he says, Not now, I just don't feel like saving you. And Nami is pissed. Like, what the fuck do you mean by that? Stop playing games. Just come save us. So Luffy says he has no motivation to save his friends. And Usopp decides to snap him out of it. At this point, Five and Valentine decide to turn into the episode's exposition pair, basically. They start to point out that Luffy has some paint, or rather, Luffy is standing on a blot of paint. So the pair then try to kill Usopp, but he and Karu run away. And the duck is so stupid and in fear of Usopp. So he just is running faster than Usopp can. And Usopp's like, stop, let me get on you so we can both escape together. 
but then he's also afraid of Usopp's fear, which just creates this cycle of anxiety that just keeps pushing the pair faster and faster until Usopp can finally get a hold of the duck and get on. So we cut back to the rest of the gang, and Vivi says that Golden Week is responsible for the sudden change in Luton. What is being used is Colors Trap, Betrayal Black. And with black paint, Golden Week is basically able to make whoever falls victim to it fuck over the friends, basically. So anything that your friends want you to do, you're just going to want to do the opposite. At that point, Vivi decides to use reverse psychology to get Luffy out of the circle. But then seeing that, you know, they managed to get their way out of that one. Golden Week hits Luffy with laughter yellow on his back. So he collapses on the ground into a fucking pile, just laughing his ass off because he finds everything so fucking funny. So Usopp and Karu, who are being chased by Five Valentine, bump into Luffy. And in doing so, they smudge the paint on Luffy's back. He is able to stop fucking laughing. So he prepares another attack for the pillar. And he slams his hands down into the ground. But wouldn't you know it, there is more paint there. And the translation for that is bullfight red, which makes them attack nothing but the circle. So when that happens, Luffy, I think Zoro even directly questions it. Like, why are you attacking the ground to begin with? Like, what type of attack are you trying to make? Golden Week decides to mix some sadness blue into the yellow on Luffy's back. And he is overcome by Tranquil Green. So he just starts to have a tea break with Golden Week. Vivi, Nami, and Zoro have pretty much nothing else to do besides accept their fate at that point. And Zoro goes back to something he'd said either earlier in this episode or maybe the last episode where he's just posing triumphantly with a sword while he's getting stuck into a statue. He'd been telling Nami and Vivi, oh, you got to get your poses ready. You don't want to look like an idiot when you turn into a statue. So Zoro's like, see, I told you you should oppose, but you wouldn't listen to me, and now it's too late. And Nami is fucking pissed because you're still going on about that? And you cut away to Usopp and Karu, still chased by Five and Valentine. And that's when fucking Five reveals that he always has that motherfucking thing on him. And he pulls out a newfangled weapon called a revolver to kill Usopp. The marksman arrives back at the pillar and is pissed to find that his friends are almost statues and Luffy is just sitting on his ass, eating. So Usopp starts yelling at him like, Hey, aren't you going to do something? And that is where the episode ends. What are your guys' thoughts? It's getting dicey, I tell you. Dicey. Luffy's been compromised. What the hell is Usopp going to do? What the hell is on Usopp's head? If you get that song reference. A whole bunch of fun. Shit's going down, and it's going down fast. So 
We're about to see what the hell is going to happen. More action, more good stuff. I think this Golden Week's power is kind of silly, but at the same time, that's kind of the character she appears to be anyway, so I guess it makes sense. Obviously, the big question on everyone's mind is where the fuck is Sanji? I admittedly thought that Sanji was going to show up at some point, but he is not. He will be for the next time, I assume. If he does show up, he's not just like fucking off and taking a nap on the ship or something, but we'll guess that when we get there. But yeah, uh, fun stuff. It's also nice to see Luffy somewhat find like a weakness to Mr. Three, which kind of just revolves to using your own power against you, which is always a nice turnaround. Yeah, not too much else. We just we're we're getting more dense with the action that's going on, but things are moving. It's this is I think a good good section of this arc in general. Just just push on, push on. And I think things will continue to push on and move with it. But yeah, not not uh not too much else, I guess. That wasn't already said. So what the fuck is Golden Week's powers? Just manipulates people with paint. I mean I get that, but like how? What fruit did she eat? I don't know. The color of me fucking timbers fruit. No, I'm joking. It's probably not even <laughs> fruit. <laughs> it's got to be something that has to do with how she makes her paint, I assume, is the answer to that. But I don't know. There's probably a wiki entry for it, I would assume. Because I was just thinking, because earlier when in the episode or two, when I was talking about how gross it looks like, and Mr. Three uses his candle wax stuff, it's just like a soupy mess. There are other gross, viscous characters we'll meet in the future. There's actually one I'm very specifically thinking of right now. But the way he does it, though, like they even described, like I think Mr. Five or Mr. Three, I forget which one is describing it or who's describing it for him. They say like, oh, yeah, he manipulates the candle wax on his body that gets secreted by it. And I'm just like, why do you got to use secrets? Oh, I got to say like that. I, I don't 100% know how her power works, but it definitely works. It's also got holes in it because Luffy's just that dumb. So I guess it depends on the person how, how well it affects them. Just looking up Miss Golden Week's uh, wiki pages, like doesn't really talk about how she has a uh, devil fruit power. What? It doesn't bring it up. So it's just like a fucking power she has? Yeah, it says... Miss Golden Week makes up for an absence of combat ability by using her unique skills as a realist painter, collectively known as Colors Trap. It doesn't talk anything about a devil fruit. Bitch, what the fuck? Yeah. Fucking send me to this world, man. Let me just paint a fucking circle. Why can't I do this shit here? Yeah, okay, here's some trivia. She and one other agent in Baroque Works... Does not possess a devil fruit ability. Well, that's kind of dumb. Now, I'll put a thumbtack in that. <laughs> because there are people in the world of One Piece that do not have devil fruit abilities and are very powerful people. I think, I mean, we technically have already met someone like that. I won't get into much of it, but we have met Shanks. He was able to scare and off Garp. the Sea King. And, and Garp, Garp. Garp is a perfect example. I mean, and most of these people are not always just big, strong punch man like Garp is. But regardless of that, though, Garp is also not painting pictures and confusing people. So I don't know if 
the source of her power stems from the other forces that become explained and are apparent in this world. But that is actually quite surprising to find out that she's not in possession of a devil fruit power because the ability to confuse with color sounds like some kind of bullshit that Odo would write. So he, he what? I don't know what to think about this now, but oh well. I don't either. I'm kind of a little perplexed as well. Maybe they explain it in the next episode a little more. I don't know because they have this. I mean, but you're looking at the wiki. I mean, we've already met her. There's not much more to explain. This is. I didn't. I didn't even. Do, I didn't even double check that until we honestly just got into this. Now I did. I didn't. Like I just assume like oh yeah we're dealing with all this weirdo. So she. So she's just a painter. Some extra like quirks to it. Okay. <laughs> exactly. That's. Huh. That's the key word, quirks. It's the secret prequel to My Hero Academia. Anyways, (laughs) what's more perplexing than a pocket full of plugs? Steve, go. Yeah. I got an app of the ornithological kind. God damn it. At Steve Horniak, S-T-E-V-E-H-O-R-N-Y-A-K. That and my new name which we kind of joked about last episode, which is Steve Yak. So Steve Yak. Call me that. You'd be like, yo. Uh, another quick thing I wanted to plug, uh, something that's going on in the real world again, is the situation that's going on in Colombia. Uh, currently right now, there was an attempt to pass a outrageous tax on lots of things regarding everything from utilities to milk to basic groceries and stuff that this tax was outrageous and everything from computer parts to utilities to internet to everything and it was basically their president who was their uber right-wing president I was saying, well, the government doesn't have any money, so yeah, we're just going to tax the fuck out of you. And so there's a shit ton of Colombians, uh, Colombian citizens that took to the streets in protest. And they've been protesting for, I want to say, a week now. And it's been going on since probably the 28th, I think, of 28th of April. And so they're facing a lot of, oh, they're facing this huge tax bill. They're facing mass amounts of police violence. Uh, There's insane amounts. I think they said that like over the week, there's been 80 people that have been killed. And it's just a tragic event. And it really, police spread what's going on in Colombia. Um this is a little more dear to my heart because I have many friends that are in Colombia. Uh, so please, please, please share what's happening. Again, write to your government people and tell them, hey, what the hell's going on in Colombia? Like, we need to talk about this and have them make a statement about it or something. Just be proactive with it. Um, it's super important. And so... I want to do my part and make sure that's known throughout the world. So, yeah, do some more research into it and keep them in your thoughts and 
try and help them if you can. See, I don't have too much to plug this week beyond my Twitter. I mentioned that last time. I've been just kind of taking some chills on streams lately, but uh, if you want to see more nonsense and more stuff from me, uh, it's at Rob Link on Twitter. But uh, yes, agree with what Steve plugged as well. Uh, a lot of crazy stuff happening in the world right now. Uh, people need help and definitely seek the means to help them as best as you can if you feel compelled to. Yeah, so when the time comes, I'll throw in some links for that and probably some relevant ones in the episode for this week. For me, pretty much the same as always. You can find me on most social media platforms with the handle at LTubacabra. That's E-L-T-U-B-A-C-A-B-R-A. You can find the show on Twitter with the handle at Reluctant Cruise. You can find us on Instagram with Reluctant Cruise Podcast. And if you want, you can email us by sending it to reluctantcruise at gmail.com. So, like we always say at the end, have fun on that cruise. <laughs>